I'm starting to see people who are, I didn't see earlier, but are here now. So it's wonderful to be here this morning. I'm Brian. My name is Brian Schmidt. I serve with Craig, one of the, the other elder, and then Jeff, our pastor. And um, let's pray. Let's pray right now together. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you now. Earnestly looking towards you for guidance, comfort. You provide us hope, but help us as we go through each day, each new day, with opportunities that you provide for us that maybe we pass over. Words to say that at that certain time don't appear, don't come. But we just ask for your calmness, your peace. Your grace to abound in each of us, and especially now, <clears throat> have the Spirit speak and work with each of our hearts as we study your word and listen to what you want to bring to us today from that. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, <laughs> Tammy, um, you know, God bless her, she's... There's, there's no handout, there's no little notepad that you have in your bulletin. It's not Tammy's fault, it's mine. I really struggled with even how a title, I don't think I even have, I still, maybe that was a, we'll have a uh, thing at the end to say, you know, what would you suggest as a title for what this message is? But you can always do what I do, use your connection card, put on there, like Craig said, to put on there, if you have any prayer requests, put those on there. But if not, if you want to take some notes, use the back of the connection card. That's what I do sometimes, often. But uh, if you have prayer requests, make sure you jot them down, put them back there in the offering box, and, and we'll attend to those. Well, as Craig also said, it's summertime. It's, it's like, how do we get used to 50 degrees, 55 for a high, and then all of a sudden it's 95? And it's, it was quite a shock. And like I, I agree with Craig, this is much more, much more comfortable this morning. So, but summertime, it is upon us. And especially this past week, it's really shown us what summer is with the temperatures we, we've experienced. Traditionally, at this time of the year, we kind of turn our attentions to maybe you know, going on a vacation and spending time with family and just getting away, going somewhere. And you may think of possible destinations after spending time here in the heartland of, of America that you'd like to maybe go to a beach setting and maybe be a, a little bit adventurous and maybe not just a beach here in the United States, but somewhere, somewhere overseas. So you think, well, maybe, well, how about a beach setting in France? So you do. You check out Airbnb and see what cottages would be available and you book a time in early June to go to the beaches in France. But you get there, so the time comes and you're there and the scene may look something like this, but you're kind of taken back by the first evening that there's planes flying over and it's like, you know, um, you, you know, you're wake, you wake up, and then you wake, you wake up, you're awakened during the evening with 
guys falling out of the sky with parachutes. And you're wondering, what's going on? And you'll finally say, he said, knock it off. I'm on vacation. I worked hard for this. The landlord's going to hear about this on Airbnb. But you wake up and you hear these explosions then in the morning. And you see this. And I forgot to mention that you booked your vacation in June of 1944. And the dates you picked and the beach you're on is in northern France. You're in, in the middle of the D-Day invasion. You're in the middle of a war on your beach vacation. Sometimes we wonder why life <laughs> is so hard. Why can't it be like a real nice beach vacation? After all, I'm an American. I'm a follower of Jesus. I go to church. Life should be like a beach vacation. But it's not. We're in the middle of a battle. There is a war going on. Now I have visited with some of you who have actually, and Neil, I know that was really interesting to hear. Um, as far as was it, Bill? Bill, the fellow's name, Phil. Okay, keep him in prayer. That, and I know visiting with with Matt, those who have served in in combat, where. And they all kind of share the same insight. And I can understand to a, you know, not fully as much as they do, the brotherhood that they do uh, cling to. And, but they all share the same insight that what drives them on, as is spoken in the verse we're going to come to, kind of stir us on, is, is not who's president. It's not... Congress, or, or even their country. Why they fight and why they continue to battle is because of the ones standing right next to them, the one who's in battle along with them. So now, Pastor Jeff, and it's glad to see you all back here. They've had a busy couple days taking a day off just to celebrate Abby's graduation from Moody Bible Institute. And what an accomplishment. So let's give her a hand for that. So I think we all look towards God's unfolding plan for Abby uh, in the service to our Lord Jesus Savior, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So congratulations, Abby, on this accomplishment and Godspeed as you, as you continue on. But understand it will be a battle. When Jeff asked me also, um, he said, you know, because we've been, just been working through Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, up through, like, he's in chapter 9. I've been in chapter 9. And we'll get into chapter, and we'll be getting into chapter 10. And he asked me if I wanted to continue on, and I said, no, no way. I don't want to get in the middle. I've really appreciated his study. I think we've all gained a lot from it. And I, I'm not prepared to, throw myself into, into that. 
Although I am pulling a verse from chapter 10, who Jeff will be getting to in a week or two, and um, that's kind of the verse, because since Jeff has asked me, I was just kind of observing and really letting God speak to my heart, what's what's timely, what do I, what, what am I supposed to be seeing and understanding and maybe to provide some guidance of what's going on? Not just in the world as a whole, but right here in, in our church, in our church body. So I did pull two verses from the chapter 10 in, in Hebrews that Jeff, in, like I say, will be continuing on. Um, so, and some of you probably have this verse memorized. It's Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 through 25. And it, it gives great insight in what we need to hear, especially in times like these. And up on the screen are the verses in, from Hebrews chapter 10. So now I would like us, if we could stand, and I want to read these these two verses together, if we could, out loud. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as some is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Thank you. Be seated. So just to review, Jeff taught on chapter 6 in Hebrews a few weeks ago. And the title of that message was Strong Encouragement. But it was strong encouragement coming from God. And he he pointed out in verses um, 17 and 18 in chapter 6 that speaks to the truth that that we worship a God who does encourage. And that's up here on the screen now, Hebrews 6, 17 through 18, which says, So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. But the fact remains, we're in a battle. Now, there are many battles and snares that life, there's plenty to go around. The men have just went through a study of a book by Erwin Lutzer, uh, The Seven Snares of the Enemy. And it lists some uh, alcoholism, greed, gambling, that we battle if we get caught in those traps to battle for freedom from them and how it interfere with our fellowship, not with just each other, but with God. And Satan uses these as a kind of a snag to drain the life out of us and especially the joy that God purposed for us. Even his introduction, in, even his introduction is titled, Welcome to the War. That's how he puts it in his own book. Welcome to the War. Now, for brevity this morning, I'm just going to focus on two, two battles. Real simple. So if you're 
making a little outline. There's just going to be a number one, there's going to be a number two. And <laughs> this, the first one, I think, is understandable. The second one may be more obscure. And really, honestly, when Jane, oh, and by the way, Jane's not here because um, she's busy. She, <laughs> she, she didn't want to be here when this happened. <laughs> but no, she had a, she's got a, a residency to do this. And they scheduled it from 9 until noon this morning. So I, I don't know. That's just, and she has to be there. So that's, she has a valid reason for not being here. But when she first read through this, you know, I said, well, I'm going to, there's two points. There's two battles. And she read through it and she says, okay, what's the second one? Because she didn't think I was clear enough in deciding, in, in uh, describing what the second one is. First one, sec second one. Um, and so the first battle, I forgot to even mention the first battle. The first battle is with God. Our first battle is with God. From the beginning of our birth and through our life, we are in a battle with God until we will discuss that. But the second battle, I just put a name to it. And for now, I'm just going to describe it as the shadow boxing church. And we'll get to that. So, battle with God and our battle with a shadow boxing church. First, the battle with God. If you find yourself like I did almost 50 years ago, I knew about God, but I really didn't want to turn my life or trust over to Him completely. Um, but that kind of turned around on a gravel road right north of our house where we grew up. There was one night where I had fought long enough and I came to the realization, I can't do this without you, God. I don't have anyone that I can trust every day completely going forward. I just got too many questions, too many unanswered, unanswerable questions, it seemed, that I decided I need to trust God. And I turned my life over to him in prayer on that gravel road north of our house. Almost, it's 48 years ago now. I was in a war with him because of my sin. And my sin separated, and he, it set up a battle line between me and God. And we all, in our time in our life, have that battle going on where we reject him. Even the children of Awana, we memorize verses, and it's interesting. We're kind of going to be heavy on Romans today. It was the scripture that uh, Kyle read was from Romans. The three verses come that kids in Awana memorize. Uh, probably one of the easier verses to memorize because it's the shortest. It's just one verse is Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Go on into Romans chapter 6, verse 23 says, describes that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God, the free gift of God, is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then, late, and then back into chapter 5, verse 8, it said, but God demonstrates his love for us in this. 
while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Those three verses, and kids in Awana memorize them, is the gospel. Preached plain and simple in three, three different verses found in one book of the Bible. We may keep ourselves, I, I tried to, ourselves in defiance of God, but he crossed that battle line. That battle line that separated us, he crossed it. And really presented terms of surrender. He surrendered his life for my will. I turned my will over to him. He, he surrendered all for me. So we, when we come to God in faith, the battle is between when we come, when we come to faith, come to come to God in faith, that battle between I and God is over. Then His Holy Spirit comes, and Jesus promised that to change our life. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit works of the Spirit are confusing, and really, we don't quite understand. And it's 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 reasonable to think that because what's a characteristic of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. You can't see it. You can't touch it. But it does. It comes into your life and changes your life. So how does it change it? Um, so if you, if you can't see it, and I think some of you maybe have, at least you've seen a sailboat or been in a sailboat, to know what it's like. And it might give us some insight into how the Spirit works. Because the Spirit of God is like that in how a sailboat is maneuvered. And what does it need to move? Well, obviously it needs wind. And with no wind, the boat is just adrift on the water. Now, can you see the wind? No. You can't see it. You can't see it, but you can see the effect it has on things it touches. The trees sway. The sea, the waves start building up with the wind. The sailboat moves. The Holy Spirit works in that same manner. You can't see it, but you can see the effect when Christ is in your life that immediately through His Spirit begins to change you. You're different. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. That's the Spirit at work. He changes your thoughts. He changes your desires. What you thought used to be you thought was important, it's not as important anymore. There's other things that are, take precedent and more importance in your life. Your priorities and your direction changes. Things you couldn't change yourself, now God through His Spirit is able to change. First battle. Second battle. The shadow boxing church. So what is shadow boxing? I've wrestled, but I never boxed. And I know it's a great form of physical exercise, but you know, it's where you move your hands and your feet as if you're boxing someone. You train by yourself against yourself. 
Uh, some use a light to project uh, your image on the, on the wall, and you move your fist to simulate that you're fighting someone. But it's just you. Now, when I was wrestling, as they say, back in the day, uh, we often practice, obviously, with someone of our own weight, because that's when you competed. You competed against someone of your same weight. Um, but in preparation, I remember the coaches, um, we would spend time in practice where we would switch up. And you would wrestle someone that, that was heavier, heavier than you. And it helped you, and probably more, more strength, so that you had the opportunity to train against someone who was stronger, more than you would be. But then he would switch it up, and we would wrestle with someone in a lighter class than us from our own team. And that improved wrestling against someone who's more agile, more quicker than what you may be. So you were able to use both those instances to prepare yourself for your opponent when you did meet someone on the, on the mat to vary and not just shadow box, not just fight or you know, do this by yourself, against yourself. It made you stronger, it prepared you. So this is, this is the main point I wanted to bring this morning. And over these last weeks, I guess, it's been just turning over in my heart that I really believe God has, has led to visit with, about this this morning. The battle of the shadow boxing church. It probably still doesn't make sense. But two years ago, we, as a world, were attacked by an enemy we could, not, we could not see. We experienced and lived through a pandemic, which we hadn't experienced for over 100 years. We could see its effect, but the enemy itself, we couldn't see. And the effect was it worked on each of us that we were questioning whether we could get together uh, in groups at all. And for a while, we did refrain. We refrained from getting together at sporting events, um, even separate times to go to the grocery store for depending on how your age, and even attending church. We stopped. Now, the correctness of these decisions, um, I, I'm going to leave that to history. And, uh, and hopefully in preparation for probably inevitably another time in the future where we need to uh, deal with something like this. But my concern that I want to bring forward this morning is how it's changed us as worshipers of God. And how a battle fatigue has fell on our church. That is, it seems like we're fighting against ourselves. It's evident um, even younger, I don't know, millennials? What's millennials? Millennials is 
born in the 80s. Is that 80s to the 2000, correct? <laughs> overall, I mean, they are not, and, and I'm not just picking out millennials, but overall, it's a reality that uh, younger ones are not, don't feel it's necessary to go to church. I can see it online. I can watch it online. I can take in when I need to there. I don't need, I don't, it isn't vital that I go to church. Hebrews, this author of Hebrews is speaking to that 2,000 years ago. He sees the same thing happening in the church in his sermon to the Hebrews and it concerns him. So let's kind of look more closely at Hebrews 10 and just kind of walk through phrases there. Um, and consider. So we'll just work through phrases just to kind of get, kind of pull it apart and get a clear understanding of what the author of Hebrews is saying in this message again. So consider. And let us consider. Now, so he's just not throwing these words out. He's saying, he says, let's put some thought into it. Maybe even pre-plan. Let's have a plan. That's, I, Jane's always telling, what's your plan? <laughs> I don't know what plan is. I'm just reacting here. <laughs> so, but he's, he's sincere. He says, let's have a plan. Consider what I'm about to say. The next phrase. Uh, now, in, it's interesting. In the ESV, it uses the word stir. Like you're stirring a cup. To stir up. Uh, in the NIV, it says spur, like if you're spurring a horse. More applicable, you understand that, Floyd, better. If you spur something, you're wanting some movement. It's an action, those are both action verbs. They're demanding action or requesting action. But at the same time, it might be a little discomfort because yeah, maybe it wasn't what I was thinking. But it's, it's, he's urging you to take some action, to do this. What's the next phrase? Um, love and good works. And those good works are only accomplished through Christ working in us again. It's not our own thoughts and our own initiative. It's again, Christ through his Holy Spirit working through us that those good works happen. This, the next one, not neglecting to meet. And it says, uh, so, so it says, making a, that a priority. Do not neglect to meet together. Make it a necessity. Now we have the ability of watching the service online. And I've done it when we can't, when you can't attend service. I've watched it and I enjoy it. Um, and that started, really, I, I think it started in 2020. I think we started in the spring of 2020 because we weren't able to attend you know, here. So we started doing it. Well, I mean, yeah, we did. We started online then to, to, for those who you know, weren't ready or able to come. And we're thankful for those who faithfully watch online. And for some, it's, it's an only option. 
and, and it's the only option they have to stay in contact with us here as, as a worship, as worship uh, group here in, in, at this time of worship. So I'm just saying to you, those online, <clears throat> this, if you desire to attend and share in our worship service uh, during Sunday service, uh, I just invite you to go to our website at dewittefc.org. And I think you go up to the top and you click on um, I'm new. And then it'll, it'll have a phrase that says contact, uh, contact us. And then you can just leave a message. So just leave a message there if there's someone, if you're watching online and need some encouragement so that we can reach out to you. And because it's kind of a one-way communication right now. You may see us and hear us and hear us sing and, and, and pray, but we'd like to interact with you also. So make use of that if, you, uh, if you're led to. The next phrase, as some are in the habit of doing. So obviously, the, the, again, the, the author of Hebrews is saying it's happening already. You're neglecting getting together. And then, the, and then the next one, encouraging one another. I'm going to read another uh, phrase from Romans. This is chapter 12, really a few verses before what Kyle just read. And I think it's up on the screen too. Why don't you, there you go, Jason, thank you. Don't just, this is, this is the New Living Translation. I put this in New Living Translation. I enjoyed this one here. Enjoy them all. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. And take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble. Keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Then the last phrase we're going to take a look at in Hebrews 10, 24, 25 is all the more as we see the day approaching. The day is obviously referring to Christ's return that is in our future at some point yet. But time is short, and it's vital, because of time being short, that we attend to this. I want to give you an example, and this kind of just, like I say, God puts us in places and things happen for a reason. It may not make sense at the time, but it, it was evident later. You all know Mr. Jepson here. He was the good-looking guy that did the opening. <laughs> that's, being, that's being gracious. <laughs> um, I've worked with him on buildings and alongside, you know, here in the church, and Craig can kid around, right, Skip, with the best of them. But when he's serious about something, he's serious. To the sixteenth of an inch. It's, you know, it's got to be 
eight and three quarters. Not eight and five sixteenths. Well, two things lately were occurring, occurring here in our church. The Walk for Life that was held at the Pregnancy Center in Clinton. And earlier this month, we had a prayer meeting for the National Day of Prayer, like the first Thursday in May. And Craig's prayer um, deacon, prayer, um, what's the term I'm thinking? Prayer ministry, prayer ministry in charge. But he, and he feels deeply, you know, uh, in tune with that. And I don't know, I mean, I'm sure some of you others noticed, because I'm not sure, it was a couple di- different instances where it was like, it wasn't a chewing out, but it was a strong urging that in both these instances, he was disappointed in the evidence of the participation in the past events. And it didn't go unnoticed by me. And I, but it wasn't done out of um, scolding. It was done out of a spirit of love, understanding what's necessary. And these are issues, things that we need to be attentive to. And what happens? At the, there was a, any group in the, at the Walk for Life in Clinton, the church here was the biggest group. Um, the prayer meeting earlier in the month for the National Day of Prayer, much bigger than we'd had before. Craig was just using to stir up, stir us up, to encourage us, not to browbeat us, but to stir, to spur us on. Thanks, Greg. Again, I said this has been my heart for a while, and I wanted to bring it to you to prayerfully consider how God can use you, for one, just to encourage yourself, a spouse, a son, a daughter, a grandchild, a good friend. Maybe someone, as it says also in Romans, doesn't like you at all. Now, Jeff and Scott, our praise team leader, they vehemently stress that we here at the church stress the importance and vitalness of God's Word and understanding, knowing, and holding it close. The Word of God is lifted up here. Now, it may not be here um, that you can or choose to worship, but I encourage you, whatever you do, if you have someone somewhere else that you do go, that, and there are churches in the area that lift God's words high also, and I encourage you to go. So even though it may not be here, the issue is that important that you need to be in a fellowship with a community of believers. You can't fight this battle alone. One last 
thanks I wanted to give to um, before I close here is to Russ Washburn. I don't think, I'm not sure if Russ is here, but now I don't go to, to too many concerts. <laughs> we got, I, was, I was so focused on Jepson. I, okay, who's the guy next to him? Okay, Russ. That's why I keep looking around so I can't focus on anybody. I'm just thinking all these people here. Take him as one. <coughs> Thanks, Russ. Now you maybe thank me, you know, you're, I'm thanking you for what? Well, I don't go to many concerts. But in the last six months, I've gone to two. And that's been on the urging of Russ. Or at least the initiating the thought to go to a concert. So I've seen Mercy Me and Casting Crowns in the last six months, along some others have gone too. And so I want to thanks Russ for opening that door uh, that we could worship God, Jane and I, to worship God and, uh, in, in song and just having an enjoyable evening together in fellowship. But when we went to Casting Crowns a couple weeks ago, there was one song, I mean, it just, it hit me, just the, the lyrics, the words of the song, hit me and spoke to how sometimes, and I've felt maybe in even some degrees, even when I come here now, sometimes. But that's, but much years ago is how I, when I came to church, I felt, why am I here? The words of this song it brought me back to why we gather. Why we need to be sensitive to the hurting, the lonely, and the struggling. Because I've been there myself. And there was someone there to encourage me and to comfort me. So I just want to thank, I want to say thanks to a good friend. So now, I want to ask the priest team if you'd come up, if you want to head on up here, and we're going to close here with, uh, just wanted to have, Jason, if you put those lyrics in for the song from Casting Crowns. I had never heard this song, but as I, they sang the song, the words came up on the screen, and I just want you to just follow along as I read. Is there anyone that fails? Is there anyone that falls? Am I the only one in church today feeling so small? Because when I take a look around, everybody seems so strong. But I know they'll soon discover that I don't belong. I urge you all and encourage you to encourage each other. Lift each other up in prayer. Be constant about it. If you're online, again, contact us if there's any way we can provide encouragement for you. And that is a blessing that we both share. So now, as we enter prayer, let's hold Hebrews 10, verses 24 and 25 to our heart and let God speak to you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for your word and all the insight that you provide 
even though put down in print years and years ago, how it gives, how it gives and provides direction today as we live through this life here in the 21st century, that we fight battles, we seem we, lo- we, seem we are losing, but with, with you, with you with us, we are victors. We thank you and give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would please stand.